0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another week of Trashy Divorces, everybody's favorite good podcast about bad relationships. My name is Stacy. Hey,
1: friends, I'm Alicia. Thanks for joining us today for another tale of marital misadventure. We live in Atlanta, and 99X has relaunched Mm. as a radio station in Atlanta, and I can't tell you it's been a long time since I've heard Closer to Free by the Bodines, and it felt like a really good song to use today for our profile. Glenn Close. This week, with a big shout out to our fearless and wonderful trashy colleague, Melissa O. Oh. Melissa O oh and I have prepared for you, oh my, the trashy tale of talented and celebrated actress Glenn Close, who has not been as lucky in love as she has been in her career, but is a pioneer nonetheless. Yes. With honestly a child history that might surprise and horrify you. There are a few cult mentions coming up that <sighs> pertain to her story. Just as a bit of a warning for you, as Glenn Close only now recently has been openly discussing her unusual childhood and the lasting effects it has had on her life. One of those effects, according to Glenn Close, is that she has not been able to maintain a healthy marriage. But she's maintained a few unhealthy ones. (laughs) A few. Uh, Four marriages, four divorces, as well as some other long-term relationships and engagements. Let's get ourselves a little closer to free today with the trashy arc of Glenn Close. Before we begin, though, we have a magic mirror here with a few names to shout out for our newest supporters over at patreon.com slash trashy divorces. Thanks so much for joining us, Debbie B and Diane A. Holy cats, we are so grateful for you, for all of our Patreon community, and for you to come back and spend a little time with us today getting closer to free. Hey Stacy, everybody wants to be closer to Free.
0: Let's go, go, go. So, Alicia, celebrated actress Glenn Close, Unlucky in Love, you say? Oh, goodness. There's a lot to unpack here. Glenn Close is
1: one of the most talented and admired actresses today. She's won three Golden Globes, three Primetime Emmy Awards, three Tony Awards, two Screen Actors Guild Awards, and has been nominated for eight Academy Awards. Wow. She has been the staple of movies since the early 1980s, with films like The World According to Garp, The Big Chill, and The Natural. Then she blew us away with her portrayal of Alex Forrest, the psychotic and obsessed other woman in 1987's Fatal Attraction.
0: Yep. Bunny, bunny, bunny
1: making an impact on cinema forever.
0: Yep. Glenn Close has remained one of Hollywood's
1: leading ladies ever since in films like Reversal of Fortune, The Paper, 101 Dalmatians, The Wife, and recently Netflix's Hillbilly Elegy. She's one of the few actresses that successfully goes between movies and television and stage. She is a prominent television actress and has won two consecutive primetime Emmys for her work in the show Damages. That was a good show. Oh, right, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But she is also just as respected and sought after on Broadway, with one of her most memorable roles being Norma Desmond in Sunset Boulevard. So talented, so many spiderwebs. Let's get into it. Sounds good. Glenda Veronica Close was born on March 19th, 1947. She's a Pisces girl. At the very end of the yearly astrological cycle, just missed out on being an Aries. She's born the day before spring equinox. In Greenwich, Connecticut, to a wealthy family. Her mother was a socialite and her father was a prominent doctor who actually played a major role in preventing the spread of Ebola in 1976 in Central Africa.
0: Oh, wow. That's about when Ebola was discovered, I think. Big, big outbreak. Okay, go ahead. So many more spider webs here because I'm like, a
1: mother was a socialite. Let me see if I can get the skinny on mom. I have mm-hmm. a delightful spider web. Glenn Close's mom is Bettine Moore Close, born March 28, 1924. She was an American socialite, philanthropist, and wife of Dr. William Close, mother of actress Glenn Close. All sounds pretty basic. Hold up though. Bettine Moore was born Elizabeth Mary Hester Moore in New York City. She's raised in Greenwich, Connecticut. She's the daughter of Elizabeth Hyde and Charles Arthur Moore Jr. Here's the fun thing. Charles Arthur Moore Jr.
0: I hope they called him Ham.
1: (laughs) I just. Charles's sister was Mary Elsie Moore, great grandmother of actress and future Queen of France, Brooke Shields.
0: Whoa. Mm -hmm. The Queen of France thing is just something we hope for. Uh, if you're new, (laughs) Brooke Shields has a lot of, yeah, interesting. Sure.
1: Family ties. Step down, Macron. We have someone. Anyway, Brooke Shields and Glenn Close are related. Bettine Moores, the Moore family, their money comes from the railroad supply company, Manning, Maxwell and Moore. So Bettine, socialite, attends Rosemary Hall, now Choate Rosemary Hall. And she will marry Dr. William Talaferro Close in 1953. That's not where the story stops, though. Holy cats. Glenn Close's childhood is perfectly normal until she's seven years old when her parents join what Glenn Close has described as a quote, conservative religious cult, unquote. Uh, wow, that's a choice. This is the MRA, the moral rearmament Uh-oh. cult which has now been renamed Initiatives of Change, IFC.
0: I bet they don't actually want change.
1: The MRE movement (laughs) first began in the 1920s by an American monster, oh, I'm sorry, minister, Mm -hmm. named Frank Buckman, who decided to start a community described this way, quote, a worldwide evangelistic campaign based on God's guidance Moral absolutes and the life changing of individuals through personal work, unquote. Glenn Close, you're in a cult and you should call your dad, but your dad is the one who (laughs) got you into the cult. So the MRA has also been described by others, this is probably the best description as, quote, a violently anti-intellectual and possibly homophobic evangelical fundamentalist group from Pennsylvania, unquote.
0: I think we can probably get rid of the possibly and possibly homophobic. I'm just guessing. No, it's scary
1: stuff. Like, I don't want to go. Like, sure. This is a podcast a about show, trashy but... divorces and not a podcast about trashy cults. But as the MRA goes, sure, you thought Scientology was bad. Scientology is not great. The MRA, not great. Cults are just bad. Cults are bad. Cults are bad. They take their seven-year-old daughter to... And other kids. Yeah. No, the whole family joins the cult. Mm -hmm. So once her parents join the MRA, the entire close family will move to Switzerland to the cult's headquarters. Mm -hmm. This is in Ka, Switzerland. Her family was often separated from each other, and her father was traveling for work for long periods of time. Glenn Close will tell The Hollywood Reporter. They, the MRA, had a very glamorous, exclusive hotel called Mountain House, which I think is in one of Fitzgerald's novels. Huh. That is true. That's going to be in our spider eggs bonus at the end for Patreon. Glenn Close continues. They made it into one of their world headquarters, and we stayed there for two years. When the mutiny broke out... Congolese soldiers rebelled in 1960, shortly after the country declared independence from Belgium. We didn't see our father for a whole year. Oh, wow. Glenn has begun speaking publicly about the impact of growing up this way and what that did to her life. On the Apple TV Plus docuseries, The Me You Can't See, which focuses on mental health, Glenn Close said, Everybody spouted the same things, and there was a lot of rules, a lot of control. Because of how we were raised, anything that you thought you would do for yourself was considered selfish. It was really awful. We were so broken up. It's astounding that something you went through at such an early stage in your life still has such a potential to be destructive. That's childhood trauma because of the devastation emotional and psychological of the cult. Opening up about her experiences, this time on the podcast WTF with Mark Marin in November 2021, Glenn Close said, I felt like there was a stamp on my forehead. I felt a terrible sense of shame. It wasn't my fault, but I felt terrible shame and it really wreaked havoc with me and my siblings. It's devastating to go through something like that when you're young. On a positive note for Glenn, she was sent back to Connecticut when she's 15 years old, to go to boarding school.
0: But she spent seven or eight years. Now it's eight years in the cult. Jeez.
1: But by that time, coming back at 15 to boarding Mm -hmm. school, Glenn is so indoctrinated that she will continue to be connected with the MRA. It wouldn't be until Glenn was 22 years old that she'd be able to break away, when she will attend the College of William and Mary in Virginia. This is also where Glenn discovers her Love of acting. <laughs> However, there's one marriage and divorce that happens even before Glenn gets to this stage. Oh, wow. First marriage is with John Roos. This one goes from, can you believe it, 1965 to 1968. She's a baby. It's no surprise. She was
0: born in 47. Yeah, she is a baby. Yeah.
1: Really no surprise that this marriage doesn't work out because the two meet in the religious cult that she was raised in. Sure. Sure. Many media outlets, including Wikipedia, do not even list this marriage on her biography. Interesting. Back in 1987, Glenn Close tells People Magazine that she was, quote, being manipulated and used, unquote, in her first marriage. As recently as April 2021, Glenn Close tells Parade Magazine, I think that it was basically an arranged marriage, actually. Which it was. What the couple like- divorced 1968. With Glenn, woohoo! closer to free, leaving the MRA in 1969. Within a year of leaving the cult, Glenn begins attending the College of William and Mary. And it's here in college that Glenn begins finding herself. Mm-hmm. She'll tell Parade Magazine, I really kind of started being myself and coming alive. So as many famous people do, Glenn has a mentor that she'll credit for helping her immensely. Hers was the head of the theater department at William & Mary. He sees Glenn's potential and helps her to believe in herself. He will cast her in lead roles like Olivia and Twelfth Night, and Glenn's passion and talent for acting becomes overwhelmingly obvious. She'll say, I soaked up everything I could learn, and like a desert when the rains come for the first time in my life, I started to bloom. Good for her. The rest is history.
0: Isn't that nice? Yeah, that's good for her. That's rough, man. Super rough. Like in a living in a Swiss hotel, which sounds like a very nice one. The celebrity center, if you will. But while dad is off working in Africa and there is civil unrest and I like, oof, that's a lot. It's a lot. But
1: Glenn, finding her love of acting, getting supported, blooming In the desert. After graduating, Glenn Close will move to New York to launch her theater career with Broadway Aspirations. Here, Glenn is a member of the Phoenix Theater Company, along with fellow actress Meryl Streep. That makes sense that the two of them go way back. Glenn Close will make her Broadway debut in 1974 in Love for Love. That same year, she was also in The Rules of the Game and The Member of the Wedding, All on Broadway. I mean, she's young, yep, yep. boom, doing it. Yep. In 1980, the movie director George Roy Hill saw her perform on Broadway and wanted her for his upcoming film, The World According to Garp, with Robin Williams, who I think we'll miss every day. He really mm-hmm. was a talented guy. Yeah, indeed. Now's a great time for a quick break before we come back for second marriage, long-term relationships, and third marriage with Glenn Close. Closer to free.
0: Escape the cult. We'll see you on the flip. Hey, trash pandas. When you need a brain break from your day, let me recommend the game June's Journey for Android and iPhone. It's a hidden object mystery game where you are solving a murder, uncovering family secrets, and, I don't know, exposing official corruption? All in an extremely stylish 1920s setting. Every scene takes you deeper into the mystery and introduces you to an expansive cast of characters as June Parker explores the questions surrounding her sister's apparent murder-suicide at the family's beachfront estate. Add your own elements to the island, from lush gardens to gorgeous new buildings. This story has so many twists and turns. Right now, we are on a global journey attempting to rescue June's niece, Virginia. It's a great combo of gameplay. It's a memory puzzle, a design project an intriguing storyline with genuinely fabulous art. When you want to let your mind wander, relax into this glorious 1920s murder mystery and get lost in the fun. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. All right, Alicia, so Glenn Close, up and coming, star of Broadway and now screen. Broadway, what's green? What's
1: next? Well, one marriage down. Let's go ahead and have another quick two-year marriage here. Marriage number two, Glenn Close will marry guitarist Cabot Wade in 1969. Not a lot is known about this marriage either, but it's probably a real safe bet to say that at the young age of 22, and after the trauma of being raised in and then leaving a cult, that perhaps Glenn Close was not in a place to commit to a marriage. Sure. Or This marriage lasts two years with Cabot Wade before he and Glenn were divorced.
0: So she went from manipulative cult arranged marriage to, I'm going to hook up with a musician. Like, everybody has their bad boy phase. It's all right. Two years in and out. (laughs) Then there is,
1: goodness, we're going to progress a few more years down the road. Then there's a long-term relationship with Len Carrie You. This lasts from 1979 to 1983, about four years here. And the name Len Carrie You may not sound familiar at first, but most people would recognize him when they see him. Len has been on the show Blue Bloods since 2010. Okay. But long before that, Len was a respected stage and screen actor with his Broadway credits going back to the
0: 1960s. Okay. And it's good for her to pause in marrying and just, just date, just date a while. Glenn, They were in a serious relationship. They lived together from
1: 1979 to 1983. Lynn has been nominated for three Tony awards and has won a Tony for best performance by a leading actor in a musical for his part in Sweeney Todd. Mm. Gotta love Sweeney Todd, the demon barber of Fleet Street. He was also nominated for a primetime Emmy in 2009. For his portrayal of Franklin D. Roosevelt in HBO's Into the Storm. Okay. So a little love there. Didn't work out. But here we're going to go to third marriage. Marriage number three. Mm -hmm. 1984 to 1987. Three years. They don't last very long. You're going to see a pattern. Glenn. This is James Marless. In 1984, Glenn will try her hand at marriage for the third time. (gasps) This time to someone of her own choosing. Her groom was businessman and investor James Marlis. Unfortunately, this marriage doesn't last long either, three years. Hmm. And while we normally hear about how it's so difficult for people in Hollywood to be married to each other, Glenn Close actually attributes the downfall of this marriage to her husband not being a Hollywood type.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: She hasn't said much about this marriage to James over the years, but Glenn Close admits that it probably wasn't smart for her to marry someone outside of the entertainment industry. She'll tell Parade, It's not a good mix. To stay an artist, you have to be with people who understand that and don't expect you to have their outlook on the world. It really is like two different languages.
0: Yeah, that makes sense.
1: The couple will split in 1987. Keeping in mind the timing of this marriage in relationship to Glenn's career, She is now experiencing life-altering success during these years. So they're together in 1984 to 1987. Let's just run through the hits here. 1983 brings us The Big Chill. 1984 brings us The Natural. 1985 brings us Jagged Edge, with 1987 bringing us Fatal Attraction.
0: Yeah, so a bunch of Robert Redford and Michael Douglas. (laughs) Yeah, okay. Yeah. I can see how the businessman maybe didn't quite. I mean, that's
1: four movies in four.
0: That's, that's work. Yeah. That's time on set. But Big, big movies too. Yeah. Huge, huge. So despite Glenn's
1: astounding professional accomplishments, Mm -hmm. she still feels like she lost herself somewhere in that marriage. Shortly after the split, she'll tell people magazine, Too many women define themselves in terms of a man. Look at me. In my marriages, I was like an amoeba. Men blossom under the nurturing of a good woman, while women don't often get that benefit from a man. I think of men and women as two different species. Catherine Hepburn said they should live next door and visit each other once in a while. Not a bad idea.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Apparently there is a clock. On Glenn
1: Close's relationships, I've got another long-term partner here, John Stark. He's from 1987 to 1991. So Glenn, not a bad idea. Maybe they just live next door. Glenn decides to take a break from marriage, but not love. She wastes no time in getting into her next relationship with movie producer John Stark. By the time Fatal Attraction comes out in 1987... Glenn and John were committed to each other, but had no plans of walking down the aisle. Their daughter, Annie, was born in 1988.
0: Is this her first child?
1: Yes. I wondered, yeah, if those earlier marriages had... Anyway, all right, go ahead. Nope, nope, first kid. Now, fun little spiderweb for you. Annie's godfather is Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Wow. Uh Uh-huh. And when Annie gets married in 2018... Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s daughter, Kick Kennedy, was a bridesmaid. This is a great time. A great time. To mention my little side piece podcasting project. For anyone into the Kennedy mystique, please check out my little side project, Done and Done. This week, just yesterday, it was the first of an arc about the original Kick Kennedy. Also in our spider eggs today, Kick Kennedy. Kennedy, the younger, is in our spider egg this week with her acting career. Lots of kicks. Lots of kicks this week.
0: And the spider eggs appear at the end of the episode for Patreon listeners.
1: That is correct. It's also good. Okay, that is all. Let's continue with our story. Because we're talking about John Stark and Glenn Close. They feel it is important to keep their daughter, Annie, away from the chaos of Hollywood. So they raise her in Bedford, New York. And Annie tells people, I'm a little boring. I was a barefoot kid, outdoorsy, never had siblings, but I had cats and dogs and really surrounded by nature.
0: That sounds perfect.
1: I credit my parents for keeping me grounded and keeping it normal. I still have my oldest friends since high school. It was a wonderful place to grow up.
0: That's great. Yeah. Spider webs. Yeah.
1: Let's move on. To another engagement, this time 1995, to Stephen Beers. So after her relationship with John Stark ends, Glenn Close is romantically linked with several celebrities, including actor Woody Harrelson and professional hockey player Cam Neely. But all of that stops when Glenn Close gets engaged to stage carpenter Stephen Beers. In keeping with most of her relationships, Glenn was able to keep the details of this one pretty quiet as well. However, the couple will never make it down the aisle. They got about a four-year run. They will split up in 1999.
0: She really does a four-year clock. Yeah. It's like college. (laughs)
1: Like college. Each
0: relationship is just another college degree she's taking. Okay, go ahead. Glenn Close. We'll walk down the aisle one more time. This time, she's going to have a fourth
1: marriage to David Shaw. This one lasts longer than college. Okay. So it appears, right, that Glenn Close may finally have found lasting love with her fourth marriage. This was biotech entrepreneur David Shaw. The two were married in 2006. They were married for nine years till 2015, making it Glenn's longest marriage by far.
0: More than twice as long as the earlier ones.
1: The couple marries in a small ceremony in Maine, again this is 2006, and lives primarily in Maine during their marriage. They began to announce their plans to separate to friends and family prior to publicly announcing their split. A friend of the couple tells Page Six in September 2015, once the divorce was announced, Glenn and David have been telling friends over the summer they're divorcing and he'll remain living in Maine while Glenn moves back to New York full-time. They've been separated for some time, and things are amicable between them, unquote. The Portland Press-Herald reported in September that the couple had filed in Maine's Cumberland County, citing irreconcilable marital differences. Our favorite. The divorce was official on August 18, 2015, almost a month before any announcement was made. When questioned about the split, Glenn Close's rep told E! Entertainment News, the divorce was mutual. She did not divorce him. Wow. Da-da-da! It's a great time to take another quick break. Before we come back to end our story with Glenn Close, moving on as a single lady, getting (laughs) closer to free.
0: All right, Alicia, Glenn Close. Single lady. Single and free. All
1: right. Glenn Close has been notoriously private throughout most of her life and career, which we can tell from the lack of information that we have about her romantic and marital misadventures. But recently, Glenn Close has been opening up and sharing more of her experiences and thoughts. She is a longtime mental health advocate and she'll speak very honestly for Oprah Winfrey and Prince Harry's mental health docu-series, The Me You Can't See. This is in May 2021. In her interviews for the docu-series, Glenn Close reveals that she believes her marriages did not work because of the, quote, emotional and psychological, unquote, devastation she experienced as a child living in a religious cult. She really does go pretty hard at the trauma that left, she'll say, I have not been successful in my relationships and finding a permanent partner, and I'm sorry about that. I think it is our natural state to be connected like that. I don't think you ever change your trigger points, but at least you can be aware of them and maybe avoid situations that might make you vulnerable, especially in relationships. Even though Glenn Close wishes she had had successful romantic relationships, she is now content to focus on her professional life instead of dating. Glenn Close recognizes her independence and need for autonomy and isn't sure that a romantic partner can fit into that lifestyle. She'll tell Parade Magazine in April 2021, it'd be wonderful to have somebody to, you know, look at the sunset with and do stuff with. I must say at this point in my life, I don't want to be invaded in certain ways. I feel great about myself.
0: I respect that. 100%. Closer to
1: free. Mm -hmm. Respect, Glenn Close. Yeah. From the Trashy Divorces Headquarters. Does that mean that Glenn Close isn't still sexual in her mid-70s? Hell no. (laughs) Glenn Close will continue to say, It's one of the great myths that you lose your sexuality as you get older. I feel as free and as creative as sexual and as eager as I ever have. And it's ironic because I'm thinking, how much time do I have left now? There's so many things I'm interested in doing. It's one of those ironies. I suppose that sometimes we start feeling comfortable in our own skin only late in our lives, but hopefully with enough time to benefit from it. I'm so glad to do what I do because even though I'm not a method actor, and I don't use my life in my acting, my work is still a progression. Get on with your bad self, Glenn Close. Yep. She has just as much interest and desire for expanding her craft and her profession as well. Regarding her passion for acting, Glenn Close said, I think my passion is exactly the same. I think I am still voraciously curious about exploring different characters. I think I've gotten a much deeper knowledge of What it is to be a craftsperson as an actor. It's harder for me to leave home these days. I now live in a place where my entire family is, which is phenomenal at this point in my life. What is this place? Bozeman, Montana, Hmm. where Glenn Close lives with her dog and surrounded by her siblings. The family hunkers down there during the COVID pandemic, and Glenn Close continues to love her life there. She says, all of us are together now for the first time in our lives. Well, the since families, that horrible yeah, Swiss hotel. Okay. Reunited. Yep. I don't know. Glenn Close's trashy divorces story probably best summed up with her own words in Guardian magazine in 2018. I love this. Yes, I'm single, but the irony is that I've never felt more alive or more eager for what's coming next.
0: I love it. And I love that there's a retirement compound for her and her siblings in Montana where they just, like, play with their dogs and probably go trout fish in a stream. And, like, it's beautiful.
1: Everybody wants to be closer <laughs> to free. That sounds perfect. I love it. I don't know how many trash cans Glenn Close gets. I feel like growing up in a cold, I kind of give you a pass on the yeah. trash can status. We could I do think-
0: halos. We used to do halos more often. Yeah, we
1: should do halos more (laughs) often. Glenn Close, like, really coming to terms, being a vocal spokesperson for mental health, really acknowledging that imago. I think that Frank Buckman, the founder of the MRA, Hmm. definitely gets the trash cans in the story.
0: Yeah, that seems right.
1: And that, my darlings, are the (laughs) trashy... Adventures of Glenn Close, who I think I'm always going to root for. Oh yeah, bunnies be damned! I always (laughs) root for Glenn Close.
0: Thanks, everybody, for tuning in today. Okay, we are actually big bunny fans. Don't bunnies be damned! No, no, we love bunnies. Bunnies
1: are great. Bunnies are wonderful.
0: (laughs) We're gonna get emails
1: where we support bunnies (laughs) here at Trashy Divorces. Thanks, everybody, for spending your time with us today. We're going to be back midweek this week with a brand new trashy divorce. Don't forget, if you want a little bit more, patreon.com will get you info on how to send a little love to the podcast with your financial support and get all kinds of bonuses on the back end.
0: Including the spider eggs that you're about to tell me.
1: Oh, I got some good ones, too. I bet you do. We got *Call Switzerland, The Mountain House, Kit Kennedy, and my favorite of all Greek tragedies, Antigone. It's going to be amazing. (laughs) I know. How does it all fit together? It's a spider egg. That's the magic.
0: In the meantime, if you want a little extra, you can plug in bit.ly slash trash candy into your browser and pull up some liberated from the paywall stuff from our Patreon feed.
1: Thanks again, friends. For spending your time with us today. We love you. We want you to have a great week. And we definitely, until we meet again, want keep, you to keep those hands clean. Keep your hearts trashy, friends, Stay away from cults. <laughs> Appreciate baby bunnies every time you can. Big love, y'all. Bye. Bye. And thanks to you for listening. Trashy Divorces is a Hemlock Creatives production created and produced right here in Atlanta, Georgia, by us, Stacy and Alicia.